0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. Glad you're spending some time with us this weekend. And uh, Bryce, of course, is uh, right here running the board, and
1: uh, we're uh, raring to go for you. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. It's just getting started, but uh, we hope to make that uh, morning and your afternoon and the rest of your weekend a little bit brighter by providing some financial intelligence upon you today. Doug, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. We uh, have spent the last few weeks expanding our office. and We have. Folks, we are coming to you this morning from our recording studio inside of our office in
1: the historic Broyhill. The brand new recording studio. Yes, indeed. And uh, I hope it sounds good out there for everybody, but uh, we got just as good a show for you coming up today as we ever had. Uh, Doug, let's go ahead and give our uh, weekly shout out to all of our first responders and men and women in uniform and as well as the families out there. Folks, thank you for everything that you do. Doug, you served. Thank you for uh, what you did for the country as well.
0: And we mean it from the bottom of our heart, folks. I know it's a tough time
1: and especially for you guys in blue. Be safe out there. All right, Doug. Well, we, you and I were talking about what should we talk about for this segment of the of the this week and it occurred to us that there was something that needed to be addressed out there to the people the men and women those who are getting close to retirement in the triad area and that is what has happened to the economy and to the working situation over the last couple of months and how you may have responded to that compared to perhaps how you should have yeah. responded to that scenario And when this COVID thing first came upon us, Doug, and we realized, we started getting some clients who are already clients of ours calling into us saying, hey, I was working, I was planning on working for a few more years. You know this because you know me. And I've now gotten a uh, severance package or severance offer from my employer. I need to know whether or not I should take this. What are the pros and cons? Can we run our retirement scenario again? And we, of course, said, yes, that's what we do. That's what we're here for. Come on in. We don't charge you for that. And we thought, you and I, Doug, thought that certainly our clients weren't the only ones out there going through this and that we would be probably getting an uptick in people wanting to meet with us because they were in a similar situation where they were being sat down with their bosses or the higher-ups or getting an email, however the company worked, and say, hey, you know, we've got to temporarily lay you off or you know, here's an offer for you. Take this offer. We recommend you take the offer. At any rate... For a lot of people out there, it looked like maybe a temporary furlough might not be so temporary, or you were being forced into an early retirement, you thought you were going to be working for a few more years. And we realized that there would probably be a lot of people calling into us saying, hey, I've heard you on the radio for a number of years, and I think I finally need your advice here. And Doug, that's not what happened.
0: No, it's not. And, uh, you know, I think we know why. You know, we got hit with the one-two punch really hard back in uh, February. And fast. And fast. And people just, I mean, they were stunned. Yeah. You know, one minute, everything was normal. They were working, you
1: know, going to school. And then, boom, we're locked down. Everybody, yeah. Mike Tyson, everybody's got a plan yeah, until you, somebody you, you, hits you in the face. <laughs> punches you in
0: the face. And you know. then the market went into a bear market, the fastest it's ever done in history in March. Mm-hmm. And I know being in this business 30-some-odd years, when that happens, people do tend to get the deer in the headlight look. Yes. And they just kind yes. of freeze because they don't know what to do. Right. Well, I can tell you doing nothing is probably the worst thing you can possibly do especially in a time like this.
1: All we're doing, w- the main thing that we do, if we were to sum it up, is provide information. Right. And I think people were so stunned, they were hit in the face, and they were so stunned, they were the deer in the headlight, that even if they had thought, you know, I need to call Doug and Bryce and, and schedule a, a meeting with them, uh, I'll do it next month, and then this COVID thing happened, for some reason, that put the plan on talking to us on hold for them. hmm and folks, as Doug said, that is the last thing that it should have done for you. So if you are out there and either a potential unemployment or unemployment or retirement crept up on you far earlier or more unexpected than you had ever anticipated, what Doug and I want to do today for this first segment of the show is to take an opportunity and describe for you in detail what it is you get by coming into the offices or meeting with us over the phone or meeting with us via um, a a webinar, what it is you're going to get out of that. And it's a four-meeting process. So I thought it would be good for us to go in detail to maybe help inspire you or to take the the fears out of you if you're listening and you think, you know, I really should talk to a financial advisor because my situation today is not at all what I expected it to have been six months ago, a year ago. Let me explain to you what it is you're in for when you sit down with us and see if that helps you realize that I shouldn't be afraid of sitting down with Doug and Bryce.
0: Yeah, Bryce, and, and let's be thorough enough. This may even bleed over to the second segment. I'm, I'm, happy I'm, I'm that. good with that too. Because it's so important, folks. I mean, we are living in a lot of uncertainty right now. You layer on top of everything we just talked about with the biggest general election since mm-hmm. probably Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of unknowns.
1: So Bryce, go ahead and kick us off and let's talk about a meeting with us. Okay. Meeting one. This is a four-meeting process. Generally, we can speed that up into... Two or three meetings, we don't prefer to do that, but if your schedule or whatnot requires that, we can make that work. Sometimes it bleeds over into a fifth and sixth meeting because you've got additional questions or your situation is a little bit more complex. That's certainly fine too. The first thing I'll say about this four-meeting process, go ahead and grab your pen right now because I'm about to give you the phone number. This meeting process, whether again, whether it's in our offices or not, is no cost, no obligation. This is providing you information that will undoubtedly be helpful in you making the right decisions moving forward for your retirement. So the first meeting is where we are gathering all the information that we need to from you. We're telling you about ourselves. You're asking us questions about our business, about our background, our history, what it is we specialize in. And then we're asking you a bunch of questions that we need to know. So I thought it would be good to start off with, what are some of those questions that we ask you and why? So obviously, to start off with, we get your name, we get your dates of birth and the, your kids and whether or not you're still working and when you plan on working. And I stop right there generally. If somebody says, that, oh, I plan on working another five years. Okay, well, I want to know, is that because you like your job and you want to work another five years or is it because you feel you have to work another five years? Because that's that's a helpful bit of information for us to know. Yeah, and just I'll,
0: to give you an example, we had uh,
1: new folks in this yep. week. She thought she had to work till 70. She did not want, he wanted to do a retirement plan with us. She didn't want to. He was retiring now, and she didn't want to because she was still going to work for another 10 years. Doesn't mind her job, but we finally got out of her, why is it that you're working another 10 years? Well, it's. Because she assumed that she had to. And so there was no point in having this conversation yet. Okay, well, we'll we'll get back to that because we provided her some helpful information. So those are the basics. But then we start asking you a number of questions where you rank yourself or your priorities. And this is so that we can make sure that we are not leaving anything that is important to you off the table. We ask you your concerns. You rank them through a one through 10. uh, As far as uh, how concerned are you about outliving your money? Some people's... Say, oh, I'm not very concerned about that. Others will say, oh, that's a 10. I'm absolutely concerned about that. What about reducing income taxes, 1 through 10? Increasing current and future income. How does that rank for you as far as a concern or something that you want to address? Estate planning for the kids and grandkids. Maximizing the growth on your accounts, 1 through 10. Reducing volatility and risk on your accounts. That one generally gets a higher number. Addressing long-term care financial planning as a whole, Medicare supplement premiums, uh, is that something that you want to talk about, simplifying your financial affairs, and providing for your spouse after passing. So you're going to rank each of those as a 1 through 10. And then Doug and I take a look at that, and we make sure that everything that ranked high on your list is something that we're going to ultimately cover for you in the end. Then we start moving on to more subjective questions about not objective questions. We get into those as well. These are more subjective questions about what makes you, you. And these are, these are what makes us fiduciaries, folks. And by the way, I will say that. Yeah, this is definitely going to bleed over into, into the second segment, Doug. What do you think is a reasonable rate of return? Well, people come back with a lot of different answers on that. But that helps us understand you. What amounts of money do you want ultimately in your short-term emergency bucket? Okay, that's a good one to know. What percentage of your money do you feel okay having at risk? That one, people come at us at all different levels on that. On a scale of 1 through 10, where do you consider yourself as far as risk goes? A 1 or a 10? 1 being ultra conservative, 10 being ultra aggressive. Okay, that's important for us to know. What percentage or amount of money would you be okay losing? Now, note that we're not saying, do you want to lose? Everybody comes back and says, well, I don't want to lose any money. Right. Didn't ask you how much you want to lose. How much are you okay losing? Doug, that is an an extremely important question that we ask them.
0: Oh, absolutely it is.
1: Everybody comes out, they'll say five or 10, maybe 15%. Okay, we're going to put an asterisk in that one because we come back and address that later. Now, we're going to keep going on this, and then we're going to move into meetings two, three, four, and five in just a few minutes. But this first half of the segment seems like it went by. Incre- it was <laughs> is that timer working lightning's correctly? fast. Okay, very good. So <laughs> we've got a trivia question for you here this week, as we do every week, and we're going to get you the answer when we come back on the other side. So here you go, Doug. This is going to relate to you a little bit. On this date, in 1851, the first of this annual sporting event was held. I'm not that old. No, maybe not quite. (laughs) The first of this annual sporting event was held. It is now considered the longest continual running sporting event, meaning that it hasn't stopped since then, unlike the Olympics. So it started in 1851 and has continued ever since. What sporting event am I talking about? Okay. I think I may know. You might. You might, because this is a little bit up your field. All right, folks. Well, we will be back to you after the break. Please stick around, and we will get you the answer to that trivia question, as well as going into meetings two, three, four, and five. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. This is Bryce Payne. Also in the seat here is Doug Ray from the brand new studios of... uh, Wealth Guardians Radio Show, WGRS, I guess we could call it, but that's not actually where you're listening to us from. But uh, Doug, we're sounding good here. And uh, folks, thank you for uh, sticking around for the break. We've got a trivia answer coming right back to you here in just a second. But I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening out there and you're five to seven years from retirement, and you want to confirm that you're making the best decisions for retirement, Well, we've got good news for you, and that's what we're talking about all day today from the uh, first segment to the second segment. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can learn how to retire the job, yet still keep the paycheck. And all you got to do is pick up the phone, 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. And speaking of the radio studio here, Doug... um, I think you know the answer to this, but maybe many people out there don't. Why do some radio stations start with a W, and other radio station call letters start with a K? Has to do with the Mississippi River. What about the Mississippi River?
0: If you're on the east side of the Mississippi, your calls start with a W... If you're on the west side, they start with a K.
1: That's right. Absolutely. The only reason I knew that is because at one point in my life, when I was young, I lived on the east coast of the Mississippi and on the west coast of the Mississippi. (laughs) So I figured that out when I was about 10 years old and listening to the radio. All right, folks, we asked you a trivia question. We said, on this date in 1851, the first of this annual sporting event was held. It is now the longest continual running sporting event, meaning it started in 1851 and has continued ever since. What sporting event am I talking about? It would start it on this week in 1851, the first one. Well, my
0: guess is going to be baseball, but you said it was right up my alley. And I don't, I'm not a baseball fan, so...
1: All right. Well, no, it's not baseball. Okay. But when I said right up your alley, you served, correct? Yeah. All right. And in what branch did you serve? Navy. All right. Does that give you a clue? Is it crew? You're close. Getting closer. Oh, sailing. There you go. Okay. What? What's the event? America's Cup? The America's oh, Cup. Right. Very good, Doug. <laughs> Even a blind squirrel can find <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> in 1851 was the first running of what was then called, let me see, uh, the 100 Guyana Cup. And they changed it to America's Cup after the inaugural race when, what happened? But Commodore John Cox Stevens of the USS America won the first race. Mm-hmm. So they changed the name to the America's Cup. That also has something to do with you because... You, to a certain degree, are a Green Bay Packers fan, and after we they won the uh, first Super Bowl, they called the the trophy the Vince Lombardi Trophy after the first mm-hmm. coach, so yeah. kind of going hand in hand there. All right, folks, I wonder if you got that out there. If you did, let us know all right so we 're going to move on now, and we were talking about all that you 're in for when you sit down and meet with us. so we were giving you a sense of the questions that we ask you in that first meeting and why they 're important. So we want to finish up with that real quick. Aside from those subjective questions that we were talking about, to get a feel for who you are and what kind of risk you feel uh, you can endure that you're comfortable with and it's not going to keep you up at night, uh, we want to also figure out what kind of risks you might have to take or, on the flip side, don't have to take. In order to meet your spending objectives in retirement, so we're going to ask you a lot of numbers questions. What's your current gross monthly salary? Your spouse's current gross monthly salary? Of course, we want to know how long, how much longer you're going to re- work until you're retired, and that income turns off. What kind of increases can we expect on an annual basis from that salary? Some people will say zero. Other people will say two percent. Uh, We want to know what your Social Security full retirement age benefits are so that we can accurately calculate what kind of income you're going to get from Social Security. we got to take a look at pensions and what all your pension options are if you are uh, fortunate enough to have that. And then we want to take a look at all of the assets that you currently have and how those assets are broken down into stocks, bonds, what specific stocks, what specific bonds – uh, alternative holdings that you might have, real estate that you have, income from real estate, all those income type of questions, whether it pertains to now Or later on in retirement. Uh, Maybe some people out there have a business and they plan on selling that business after a few years. We want to know, kind of get a roundabout idea of when you would do that, um, what kind of tax consequences we might be in for for selling that, and uh, if there's going to be any residual income from that after you sell it. That can be something that can uh, be arranged if you desire it. And then, of course, we're going to ask you some life insurance questions and long-term care questions as well. Then... After we've taken all that information from you, we want to know the most important bit of all. And that is, what are your expense needs in retirement? And I tell you, Doug, um, one of the things that is incredibly important is going into retirement with as little debt as possible. If you can get that mortgage knocked out before you retire.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes all the difference, folks. I mean, the most successful retirement plans are folks who go into retirement with very little debt. Now, you can see with all that detail, that first meeting is extremely important and it's very, very thorough. Our second meeting, which I think is one of my favorite meetings... Isn't quite as long as the first meeting, but it still is packed full of information.:
1: Yeah, well, this is the second meeting, Doug, is where we've now uh, taken a lot of time between the first and second, and we've put your current portfolio through a lot of analyses. We're not going to start building a retirement plan for you yet because we have to understand what it is we're working with. If, if you consider your retirement assets and everything a lump of clay, we want to see how it's currently constructed what kind of clay we're working with. And then it's in the third meeting that we start remolding that. So in the second uh, meeting, we're going to start providing you information on your current portfolio. We're going to do a social security report, which simply tells you the best way to file for social security. I say best, but the way to file for social security, if you are interested in getting the most dollars that you're entitled to. Over your life expectancy. And that sounds like a no-brainer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's actually only, that only applies to about 90% of the people. There's a, there's a population out there who, believe it or not, will want to file in another way for another reason that will not have them get the most money that they're entitled to. And those are legitimate reasons, and we can go into that at another time, another place. But we're going to give you a Social Security report. We're going to give you a Riskalyze report. Now, the first thing that we're going to do is actually do a risk tolerance profile on you to understand fully what kind of risks you feel comfortable taking. And then we present the Riskalyze report, which is a report on your current portfolio as it's currently structured, and we see if the risks that you're taking in your current portfolio sync up or align or mesh with your risk tolerance. And Doug, what percentage of the time do those two things actually mesh up for people?
0: They rarely do.
1: I would say maybe, maybe 15% of the maybe, time. Maybe, yeah. Okay. So that tells us right there that if you only feel like comfortable losing maybe 10% of your portfolio, which honestly is is not a bad place to be uh, if you're approaching retirement, and we have put your portfolio through a, a risk report, a risk-alized report, and it's showing that you could lose 30 or 40% or more in the next downturn like 2008. Well, then that tells us there's some readjustments that we have to do and it's important to do. Then we do a fund report for you, and that's where we take a look at all the mutual funds that you're invested in and we compare them via Morningstar's um, reports, how they compare to their peers. Uh, Morningstar categorizes every mutual fund out there, and they put them in families. We're going to show you how your mutual funds compare to their peers. We're going to take a look at their worst year's performance, the hidden costs, the known costs. And then going into costs, we move to our fee report, where we take a look at all of the fees that you're paying in your portfolio. We have the software to be able to analyze this, and that is really the eye-opening part, Doug, of of our meeting right there. You know,
0: this this is kind of a fun part, and I... I uh, invested in, uh, YCharts has a software package that takes uh, data from Morningstar and Reuters, Thomson Reuters, and puts it all together, and we can talk about uh, the fees, fees that people have never seen before, fees you know about that come out of prospectus, and fees you don't know about, the hidden costs, the underlying costs of your mutual funds. And uh, when we show the report to folks, they are stunned. Yep. Absolutely stunned.
1: And the reason that they're stunned is because a lot of people might know what the fund fee and expense ratios are that they're paying on there because that's known in the, in the prospectus that they probably should have read uh, before getting into a mutual fund. But every statement out there, whether it's a year-end statement or a quarterly statement that you get, folks, from your investments, I want you to, the next time you think about it, pull that up and look and see if you can tell me the difference between your net returns and your gross returns. Can you look at your statement and tell us that? I'll tell you right now, the answer is no, no, you cannot. The reason you cannot is because they are not required by law. There's no government regulation out there that says, custodians, you have to tell people, money managers, you have to tell your investors what the gross returns of their investments were, what your hidden fees were, and then what the net returns were. They don't have to do it. So they only show you what your net returns were for the quarter or for the year. So a lot of people think, well, gross returns and net returns are therefore the same thing. They are not. We help you break that down so that you can see exactly what you're paying as far as an overall percentage on an annual basis in your accounts. That's the eye-opening part.
0: Now, let me ask the folks a question, Bryce. Okay. Wouldn't you like to know right now how much to every penny you're paying in fees for your account? And also, wouldn't you like to know if you've got the worst mutual fund (laughs) in the whole family, Or the best, or hopefully at least in the top 50 percentile. Yes.
1: Most people have no idea, and we show you that in the second meeting. And for whoever answered no to that, no, I'm not interested in that, well, we wish you all the best. For everyone else who said, yeah, you know, I do think I would like to know that. It's no cost. It's no obligation. Why wouldn't I want to know that? Well, I asked you earlier to pick up your pen, so here you go. Here's our phone number, 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. If you want that information that we're telling you that you get from us, you just got to give us a call. Okay. So that's our that's our third report, Doug. Our, you know, our I'm going
0: to make a command decision here. Okay. This is such good information. We're running so short on time. We're going to hold over till our next show, meetings three and four. Okay. Okay. So folks, really, if you want to know the answer to some of these questions, and, and this is why it's so important. If you're paying three and four and maybe even five percent a year in fees alone, that means you've got to get four or
1: five percent return just to break even. Yep, that's not easy to do nowadays. And we just I just ran a report, uh, Doug, uh, two days ago for a client that we're going to be meeting with. We haven't even met with him yet, uh, the second meeting anyway. and one of his mutual funds had so much trading going on in it that it created a 17% hidden fee. Wow. 17%. That's the highest that we've seen. That fund, actually, the manager traded
0: that fund over nine Nine, times in a year,
1: right? 900% trade in one year, which creates a 17%. That means, Doug, that if that fund had a 17% return, You still only broke even. You didn't lose money in the fund, but you didn't gain it. So if it had a 10% return, this investor still lost 7% of his money, even though that fund returned 7%. Folks, a 17% fee on a mutual fund is exceptional, but they exist out there. So we want to help you identify those. I'm going to give you our phone number one more time, and then we're going to wish you well on the rest of your weekend. 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. We would love to hear from you. We would love to be able to sit down with you. If this was interesting to you, please tune in next week, and we're going to go over meetings three and four. This was just meetings one and two that we talked about today. Folks, have a great rest of your weekend. Doug, you have a good rest of your weekend as well.
0: All right. Take care, folks.